All right. What is up, soccer players? Welcome to this latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, our main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's Sunday morning, uh, waking up in pain. I'm telling you, like, hip injuries are no jokes, man. Like, what? I can back. Yeah, man, I'm, I, I kind of, like, I, I'm trying to intercept the pass yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I have the ball, the ball was, like, kind of, like, it, it went. I, I trip on the ball, basically. I, I, I rolled. And when I rolled on the when my leg rolled on the ball, I kind of like landed in like a like a split, like a mm-hmm. like a like a side lunge. Mm-hmm. I landed in like a side lunge, and then the my planted leg. Oh, man, I already had issue with that hip. My plant. It's like a, I felt like a, a massive impingement. Now I'm walking. Oh like wow! A, yeah, man. Now I'm I'm walking around like an old man. <laughs> really? Wow, yeah. man. You gonna do some Robert rehab or? The, the rehab right now is uh, going on a bike and trying to gotcha. stay moving gotcha, uh, gotcha. To, to heal a little faster. But no more soccer for me for at least two weeks. Mm. Gosh, that, that hurts. How about you, man? How you doing? I'm chilling, man. I finally have my, my earphones today and a microphone and a desk. So the apartment's coming along. You know, it's that's, coming together. That's nice. But, um, yeah, man, would be um, one of the clubs I work with, Hoboken FC. They have their um, their adult league league opener to, uh, tonight. So they had uh, last year they were in a, a division called Cosmopolitan League, which mm. is one of the highest leagues in New York, and they actually got promotion. So uh, this year they're in something called the EPSL, the Eastern States uh, Eastern Premier League. What is it? Eastern Premier League Association, something like that. Yeah. Um, but they got a match later today. So uh, pretty excited for that. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, we got we got something interesting today. <laughs> <laughs> we got an interesting topic today. It's probably going to be like a conversation. Uh, we didn't have any bullet points or anything like that. It's just like a what you call it, your, your classic old school or your classic YouTube reaction thing you know when they make people react <laughs> to things is basically what we're gonna do today yeah uh. so what was it I, I was scrolling on instagram a few days ago and one of my my buddies and and former i guess current colleague joselle um he he, he reposted a reel from joner football and I, I didn't even know who Journal Football was. And, Berg, you kind of told me, like, nah, this mm-hmm. guy's big time. Like, he's been doing this, that, whatever for a while. So I was like, huh, interesting. But this reel um, focused in on GPS stats. And um, before we get into, you know, what our thoughts are on the topic, mm-hmm. um, we have the audio or for you guys from um, Jonah Football's Instagram account. And we're going to play it for you right now so you can kind of understand where we're coming from. And then after that, we'll give you our reaction to it. So um, let's hear that audio from Jonah Football. GPS trackers are a load of f-ing rubbish. Oh. Full stop. That's a massive statement there. They're good for one thing. Pre-season, managing players' workloads. Yeah. Right? But here is where I'm saying they're a load of rubbish. And here is why it's affecting the game feel exactly the same 
I, I do think, as you said, they do have a little, they do have a part in modern football for like the the sports scientists the to, to, to monitor stuff like that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I said that. But I think when you put it into a game, what you're getting there, and that shouldn't be judged. No, do you know what I mean? Like for me, that like you're running stuff that shouldn't be judged, like because. I could go out and run 14 kilometers in game and touch the ball five times. Does that mean I've had a good game? Like, no. Mate, if you have someone like Zidane, do you think he ran flipping 15Ks a game? Or do you think he just dominated the ball and dominated games? No. Nah. Do you think when he dominated he the game, they're like... Draw 15Ks Zidane. Mm. But you judge your performance on what you've done with the ball or how well you, whatever position you are, how well you've defended or whatever. Mm. Overall, really, not with how far you've ran. How many times did he get the ball? Like... I I'd had How my fifty-five touches on the ball. Yeah, I had eighty-seven percent completion. Yeah, I lost the ball. I had two, four dribbles, five six shots, tackles, two assists, stuff like that. How many killer passes did I play? That's way more valuable information than any sort of stat. On hundred percent. That was interesting. Um, Berg, first of all, your your initial thoughts when you hear all that. Like, what's one of the first few things that come to your mind? Um, so look, looking at this video again, the first thing that come into my mind is um um Jonah's philosophy Jonah's football philosophy because I've been watching his videos for a, a long time especially when I was running my soccer obsessed channel and and looking at training uh, his training videos for ideas uh, just looking at his philosophy his main thing is helping players develop their technical abilities right so if you look at Jonah's training overall it's a lot of first touch getting your first touch clean looking over your shoulders making that instinctive every instinctive everybody that comes to train with him he incorporates looking over your shoulder with every single thing that he does even the dribbling you know sometimes i see young players training they they do the dribbling and their head is down not with him you know you're training with him you're doing the dribbling and you're looking over your shoulder that first touch is something that he trains all the time the technique that's what it trains all the time. So when you, you know, you bring in um, GPS technology with somebody that focuses heavily on technique, you know, it's not, <laughs> you know, he's going to have a problem with this because to him, uh, he think the most important thing in soccer is your technical ability um, because this is what really makes uh, a player great, right? This is what separate a player from, all the rest. It's not your the 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 physique. It's not your the fitness overall, right? It's that first touch. It's your ability to make a killer pass, a killer long ball. It's 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 how well can you shoot the ball, um, that kind of stuff. So when you put GPS technology against his philosophy, they don't match. Uh, but uh, um, just to let you guys know, we didn't listen to the full podcast, so there might be other things that he covered that we don't know about. But from listening to that clip overall, we can we can see his stance on the GPS track and what they use for. Um, for him, he mentioned it, they're good for preseason and they're good for load management, management, and that's it. You can't infer. He said you can't infer on those GPS data to, you know, to to make conclusion about whether a player had a great game or not. Um, to some degree, I agree. I agree to some degree. Um, the The reason why I don't fully agree with him has to do with, um, you know, the 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 on when you when you on the defensive hand, 
of 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 the game. I think the clip that he mentioned only talked about when you're in the offense. I didn't listen just a clip, but I'm saying this based on the clip that I listened. Like if you have the ball, if your team has the ball, then your your performance is judged differently on an individual level. It's judged differently um, as opposed to when you don't have the ball and you're playing defense and how you're moving. So um, that's where my thought pattern went. I don't know what you think about it. Um, Andy, what, what are you thought? What are you thinking about this? My my thoughts are well, the I, I thought the opening statement was a little a little shocking, but um Well, you know I, I, I trying I to grab attention. Like that's of <laughs> that's, course, of that's he's on social media, he's gonna he has to grab your attention. He starts like that. And it it definitely worked. Um I, I do want to start off with what I think he got right. Um I do think, and and Berg, I trust you when you say that his main focus is improving players' technical ability. Yeah, just check his page. It's it's all about that. If you look at the the modern player, oftentimes the limiting factor of them moving on to the next level is their technical ability combined with Mm -hmm. other stuff, but... That technical ability piece, that, that's massive. That's at least 50%, maybe even more. Um, so when he says that, yes, technical stats are are more useful, like shots mm-hmm. on goal, shots on target, interceptions, through balls, passing, yeah, all that stuff, I, I would agree. But again, I, I think what we need to establish from the part, from the start is information is information. Information relies on somebody on the other end to make a valid and reliable conclusion, right? So even something like passing accuracy, right? If Mm -hmm. you're a player who consistently plays the ball backwards, your (laughs) passing accuracy is going to be higher, right? 100%. It could be inflated. But if your specific instructions were, I need you to play the ball as a center back to the number six or to the number eight, your passing accuracy stats may be lower but you could be actually doing the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So y- you can say, oh, my shot's on goal. You know, the percentage was 100%. But you shot the ball at the keeper every single time. So, yeah, I- information is information. There's there's all sorts of stats out there. You really have to be in the situation and you have to have the right education behind those statistics to be able to, to make a valid conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um Another thing that I, I, I think he is right is players shouldn't be judged off of their running stats strictly. Um, and I, I I agree with that to a certain extent because I, I do not think a player should be given a pod and a GPS pod and, and be told, I need you to run 14K. I need you to run 11K. I need you to hit... 2000 meters of high speed running or something like that. Um, Because again, the amount of running that you do isn't always equal to what you want the outcome to be. If you know, you you have abnormally high running stats, Mm -hmm. is it because you normally have been playing as a center back and now you're playing as a wing back? Or is it because you have no idea where to be on the field and because mm-hmm. of that, you're running up and down like a, like, like a train the entire time. 
Um, th- those are my thoughts and my opinions on what I thought he kind of hit on that I agree with during that clip right there. Yeah, it's a uh, sin again from the clip. It it it, it shows from the clip. It shows that there may be a um, I don't want to say lack of knowledge in how to utilize um, the information obtained from the GPS stats. Because like you said, it's all case dependent. It's all context dependent. Um, he conveniently picked like generalized example that people complain about. Like, hey, you have to run like 15 um, kilometers for me to assess whether you had a good game or not. And that's just, you know, on a, on a surface level, yeah, if he wants to make an argument for it, yeah. But, you know, if you <laughs> if you really pay attention to like situation dependent, when you if you put GPS data in in terms of situation dependent, then you get you get much more information. For example, if you have the ball in the final third, you know, those stats are going to be much more important than in general. If it, how many pass completed in a final third, that's important. For the team, like let's say you're in the sixth, in the final third, close to the the the, the keeper's goal, like how many uh, pass completed in in that final third? That's more important statistic than overall pass completion. So it's all it's all situation dependent. My the, my question is, um, yeah, we understand that very valuable information um, for 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 load management. If you're looking at the pattern, right? Um, looking at how many runs. For example, if I'm looking at a guy like um, Conte, for example, um, Conte is a defensive mid, right? Like he's, his ability to cover space, you know, that's important. I need to see those stats. And then over a period of, I don't know, like, you know, six months, I can see whether there's a dip in terms of like how many distance run and assuming of course there's no hasn't been any change in terms of like uh the team formation they playing the same formation throughout the whole season if i'm looking at contents like hmm there's like a, a steady drop in distance run and there's been no um there's been no change in formation then that tells me a, a little bit about hey um this guy might be injured or they might yeah. be going on. Uh, yeah. So this is where the load management piece come in, come into play here. But I'm curious, how's those, those data um, stack when you don't have the ball? Cause all the example Jonah mentioned is example where you have the ball. Mm, mm. Right. But what about the stats when you don't have the ball? That's like true. what are those GPS stats when you don't have the ball? For example, Zidane, right? So we know that he doesn't need to run as much. Like, he just need the ball at his feet and he will make his magic. We know that's where his strength lies. But what about when he doesn't have the ball? What What are the distance run when he doesn't have the ball? That would tell what me. What if we had, what What if we, honestly, what if we had a team of 10 outfield Zidans? That team would not function because you got 10 players who, yeah, 10 who players aren't, you know. Track back. Exactly. You know, you so know. I, I, I think in particular players like players of that extreme technical ability, Zidane, yeah. it's not a good example. Mes- Messi, that one Classico, when he won man of the match, when he was walking 95% of the game, <laughs> he was jogging 4% 4%. and 4%. he was sprinting 1% and the 1% with his, was with his shoe off. <laughs> it, it's like that's, 
you, I'll give you, you, you can't, here's, you can't here's another you can't. here's another example for um here's another example that's um I think will clearly um reflect the benefit of GPS data um when it comes to um not having the ball, right? So wait, 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 we know can, that. can we pause? Can we pause and take a quick break? And then that way we can have everybody stay tuned. Because I know you got something really powerful about to say. So let's pause. <laughs> let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll go over that. Plus, we'll go over a lot more of what GPS is actually good for. So stay tuned. The Soccer Fitness Experience Podcast is an official partner of Concussion Corner Academy, a 12-week program designed for the working healthcare professional looking for top-notch educational content in the concussion sector. So if your rehab provider wants to learn more about concussion evaluation and treatment, check out the link in our show notes. All we ask is if you like what you see and want to enroll, use our affiliate link in the description to help support the show. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, it's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. What is up? Welcome back, Berg, straight away. What okay, else do you so, think it's, it's good for? So I'm looking at, I'm looking at Liverpool, right? Looking at the mm-hmm. Liverpool front, front, front three. Um, when Mania was there, he did a lot of pressing. A lot of pressing. Mm. He was mm-hmm. pressing all over the place. And his, his, his striker is pressing all over the place. Right? You look at the stat, if you're looking at GPS stats off the ball, like it's 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 remarkable. Like impressive. Just how much he runs, how much he covers space, how much he's pressing. If I'm looking at the Liverpool front Three now, that GPS data is is, is very different because mm. you, you got guys that are not pressing as much, so their their data is gonna be their data off the ball is gonna be different. And then if you're looking at um, the team, if you're looking at the team performance, like the the front three performance since Mane left, it's 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 very different. Because people are not closing, they're not closing people as much. You know, you don't have a, the work rate of somebody like Sadio Mane who's pressing all over the pitch, even though he's a striker. Like it's it's, it's very different. You can see what's missing right now in the front three, and, and it's that work rate. Salah's pressing, but he doesn't press as hard as um, as Manu, Ma, Sadio Mane did. So I can look at the data, comparing the pressing data. Comparing to now and see the uh, 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 very very how wild a difference it is. That's mm-hmm. one where you can add, uh, you can take that that data and and, and just oh. infer. Oh, okay, so we know what's happening. We're not pressing. That's that's a, it's a major factor here. Of course, there's like other factors that Liverpool's losing, but if you're looking at the pressing, it's less. That's what I noticed. Is the less pressing when people don't have the ball. From the front three, then when Sadio yeah. Mane was there, and it's it's there's there's so much good that you can really draw from it. Um, I think one that's key, and 
to build on that, there's there's so much visual stuff that you can do with GPS mm-hmm. as well. For example, in that case, right, with, with Sadio Mane and maybe Mo Salah and Darwin Nunes, you, you can actually take the GPS data and you can visualize it and you can see exactly, and this is all dependent on the pod, the, the, the software, the integration, all that stuff, but you can see exactly on the field where sprints started and ended and their direction. So... If you're a coach and you're telling your strikers, I want you to press from the front. I want you to press running at the opposition's back line. And I need you to do that consistently. So that's when the the other team can lose the ball. Exactly. And in a case like Liverpool, you want to win the ball high up the field and hopefully score from there. If you have that last year, right? I'm sure you can see on that left-hand side, Sadio Mane's arrows are all going forward, pressing, pressing, pressing. Now, if you look at across the front line last year versus this year, you might see a difference in where those arrows are, how long they are, how fast each sprint was, yada, yada, yada. That is so important because you, you can have a sit down with a player and, and you, can, you can have a conversation which might turn to an argument of, I don't think you're pressing enough. I don't think you're working hard enough. And without the data, it's all, this is what I see with my eyes. And the mm-hmm. player says, no, this is what I feel with my body. And I felt on the field. But with the data, it's like, well, this is you last year. This is you this year. Yeah. This is no longer an big. argument. This is <laughs> objective data. data. You know, you tell me why, right? And it's like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Things like a heat map, Right. How about mm-hmm. if you want to know, if you want to see how players are improving tactically, if you want to see if they're actually follow your instructions on the field, you you might have a winger that says, you know, I have been playing wide. You told me to stay on the touchline the entire time, and I did. And it's like, oh, no, we actually have the heat map. You're in the middle third for 70% of the game. Come look, nice. you know. And, you know, when you're on the field, you can only speak to one player at the time if you're a coach. You can't address the whole team. So maybe afterwards, you know, looking at film helps, but other visual tools like heat maps can can also help. Absolutely. I mean, that's from an individual performance, but the the datas are data is actually very valuable from a from a team performance too. Just to see how many distances covered, how many times the 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 team uh, lost the ball, uh, how many times the opposite team lost the ball because of all the press pressing that we're running and you know, all that data is, is, is invaluable. But then again, it's how are you interpreting that data? I mean, you can pick the, the cherry, you can cherry pick the example as Jonah did with generalize. Hey, you know, if you're not running like 10 something K kilometers, then you're not really giving your best. Uh, in that situation. Yeah. GPS data is not going to tell me much information, but there are other situations. But when it's situation dependent, okay, when you in your final third and the opponent has the ball, okay, what are the stats? And then they lose the ball. What are the stats that comes up that tells me, hey, this is how we can get these players to lose the ball more when we are on our final third and the team is coming at us? Like, look at those days. How they lose the ball? How they lose the Are we compact? Are we all over the place? You know? Or when we on the final third of the opponent's team, like how many passes get completed? 
And do yep. we, does that result in a game? In does that result in goal? Like how many shots are we taking um, when we're on the final third? And how does that correlate with goals? All yep. that stuff. Uh, it's all situation dependent, of course. You can't look at the data. The data is it's just information. You also have to have ask specific question that will that will make you utilize the data more, but uh, better. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I, I think Jonah's opening line of it's only useful for preseason training and managing workload. I, I, I think that is a, a mostly correct statement, but I think he's, I don't think he is, but maybe the audience might misinterpret that and say, oh, preseason training, managing workload. Oh, that's only that. That is massive. That is huge. That yeah. is that. Is, if if all you can get from it is that, and you oh, can do huge. that correctly, that's that's massive. That is absolutely a game changer. And absolutely. like those, those it, it's a good preseason is is it's essential. It's essential. If you don't have healthy players, you'll lose. And if your manager loses three four match, Thomas Tuchel, you know he lost four matches. He's out. You know, yeah. having he did he have a good preseason? No. Did he have all the stats available to him? We don't know. But if he didn't, maybe something different could have happened. Maybe not. Right. We don't know. But you need all the pieces of information. He's talking so about good. Chelsea, right? Yeah. Yo, <laughs> I was I was playing yesterday, and after playing, we were talking about how he got sacked. Because apparently they have mm -hmm. a new owner. It's the it's an American owner, and he was supposed to report weekly to the owner and then he went to like three meetings and then he said screw this i'm not going anymore <laughs> so they're like they fired him because he's not showing up to meeting and he's not he's not he's not talking about it he's not talking well, to the owner it's funny though so i also read an article yesterday saying um at one of those meetings um todd bully the owner presented a plan to him on how to use his players for next season and his plan involved the players playing in a 4-4-3 formation. 4-4-3. Huh. Sounds like you have an extra player. So maybe that's why he said, you know what? I'm not going to these meetings anymore. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I said he probably went there like, you know, like it's a classic situation of people not staying in their lane, right? Uh, uh, owner should not be telling, you know, the same way with the the, the show you had me watch, um, the the Mex uh, the show where the, the the owner was talking to the players, hanging out, going to the club, uh, with the uh, club de Cuervos. Yeah, yeah, club de Cuervo. Yeah, you know, you know, owner, all right, They're worrying about how you increase revenue, the 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 branding of of the. That's it. And then let the don't don't come and give me tactical advice, tactical recommendation when you don't know anything about the, the sport. <laughs> like, that's probably why he, he probably went to the meeting and he's like, man, I'm not going to these meetings. People don't know anything about football yet. And then they, they, they asking me to they asking me to to change things and they don't know anything about soccer. I'm not going to this damn meeting. You're just wasting my time. I completely agree. If that's what happened, I feel like that's most likely what happened. <laughs> four, four, yeah. three. Especially after that that preseason, it's like I don't have time to waste. You know? Same. 
we, we have things to do. But um, another thing that you did say earlier that I do want to touch on is it can really give you a clue as to how players are feeling. Um, yeah. For example, you know, if you have a, a Conte where it's like, yeah, he always runs 11K. He always runs 11K. Right? And then all of a sudden there's a dip. I might have to yeah. rest this guy for or reduce his minute for at least two games so he can recover yeah. or figure out if he's injured or not. Because sometimes players hide injuries. Um, sometimes. <laughs> all the time. All the time they hide injuries. Well, they don't hide it, but we don't know. Like, for yeah, example, classic kid in basketball. In, in basketball, right? Um, Jason Tatum was was playing with a fractured wrist the whole time. And then he, we criticized him a lot for not showing up in, uh, in, 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 in game seven. We criticized him now for not showing up in game six and game seven. Well, it's very clear that he had a fractured wrist. But we didn't know that. <laughs> we yeah. didn't know yeah. that. The public didn't know that. But um, yeah, that those are our those are our thoughts and opinions. Um, be sure again, like, sh- comment, share, subscribe, share this episode to your teammates, maybe to your coaching staff, um, to anyone who you think is thinking about getting GPS or um, already has a unit or is very against using those units. So um, yeah, we we would love to get this episode into the hands of as many people as possible. And thanks for listening, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace out.